0: I was shooting this music video for my wife and um, we're still coming out of COVID lockdown and the people I normally would lean on, a lot of people in Vietnam went back to kind of the countryside. They Mm -hmm. kind of went back to their hometowns because they don't have to pay rent there. Right. So it's still, there's just not a lot of the people I can lean on and we're just trying to not have a ton of people coming in and out of our house. And we were shooting here and I have a, I have kind of like a, you know, like a backdrop, you know, like a kind of a photo studio over on the other side of the house. That is, as you have a studio there for music, I have a studio for shooting Mm -hmm. and, and it works. So, um, I was doing everything. I was my camera guy. I was the lighting guy. I was I was doing everything. And I had I had one assistant, my daughter, who's five years old. And that was just <laughs> because grandma wasn't feeling good that I had to give her some jobs so that she could. I credited her as the director because I told her to write, yell action and cut, which she yeah. did exceptionally well. So, on the in the whole music video, if you look at the last line and it's director. And that's my daughter's name. Awesome. <laughs> my wife was like, I need a fan. Like like a blowing fan to blow the hair. And I'm I've got two cameras that I got to run. I've got to run the audio that we're 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 recording to, you know. And I I've got to watch my daughter make sure she doesn't run into the shot. The dog's scratching at the door outside and I'm just like a fan. All right. Let me go upstairs and get our fan. And it was, it was one of those spinning fans where, like, the, the front of the fan also turns and it moves. Yeah. The, it, it, it aims in different directions. So I had to turn that off. <laughs> Trying to aim it was actually not that easy, right? And finally got the thing blowing at her. And, wh- and then my wife was like, now in the beginning of the song, I want the fan to be light, but I need you to turn the fan up when the song gets dramatic. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I will. So cameras are running. I'm checking focus, you know, and, and I'm running a fan over here with my other hand. When I got into editing, it was 100% what was needed. So when I got to the editing phase, if we hadn't have had that hair moving, because what I did was this this kind of the cinematic overlay. So I got some stock footage and the stock footage was kind of creating an overlay. So her face was kind of superimposed on nature with you know fog and wind blowing. And so there was movement in the picture. And as the picture, the winds and clouds were moving, her hair was moving. It was exactly what was needed. But if I hadn't of been willing to, to go, oh, yeah. you know, I wanted to tell her we don't need that. Not because we didn't need it, but because it was easier for me. Mm-hmm. And and that's the death of creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like and so and and, and, and so I, I learned something, and my wife wants me to learn the fact that she's always right. And I I, I said, I'm gonna learn that I should pay attention more. <laughs> she's like, I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I agree. I'm a big fan of that. I, I really try to uh, resist that as well. That temptation to be like, no, 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 let's not do that. Like, I'm, I'm really trying hard to be more like, sure, well, let's try it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do that? What? Sure.
0: Let's give it a shot. You, you brought know? up a great example last week too. And I, it, and I had to, I have to bring it up because it's totally tied into this exact topic. And it was the Led Zeppelin story. Oh Yeah. It's exactly the same type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it is. It's funny because they – so, in uh, Glenn Johns has a book called Sound Man, which I love, Uh, you know. um, And so, I was reading that and there's a little passage in there about um, Glenn had just – done the, the Zeppelin record. He just put like Led Zeppelin, had just formed. It just, they started playing like, you know, uh, the story of Led Zeppelin is that they all kind of were playing in other bands around the area and they got together and they went in the studio and uh, Glenn was engineering it and kind of producing, producing them. And they basically recorded what, which, which became Led Zeppelin one. And when he was done mixing it, he was really excited about it. And he was like, you know, this is, this is something it's different, but it's, there's something here, you know, there's really something here. You could really feel it. Mm-hmm. And so he took it around and played it for some of the other artists that were more established that he was working for and working with at the time. And, um, he was putting together like this thing called rock and roll circus for the Rolling Stones. And it was like this, I think it was like a live show that they were then going to record. I can't remember exactly the story, but he had suggested that, you know, they include this band Led Zeppelin, um, and, uh, so he played the record for, uh, Mick Jagger. And Mick was like, that's, This rubbish. It's like, this is rubbish. This is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> like there was no value. Like it wasn't even like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. It was just like, just straight up. Like, this is terrible. This, there's no value in this. And then later he played it for, uh, for, um, uh, who was the other person he played it for?
0: One of the Beatles, I think. Yeah.
1: It was, well, yeah. It was, um, uh, it's a yeah it was uh George Harrison or Paul McCartney I think it was George Harrison I, w- I was gonna say Paul McCartney but I think he played it for George Harrison and it was I have to look at the book yeah it was George Harrison that's right it's because they were working on a, a little some some songs that he had written and so he played it for them too and he, he had this same thing he, they both arrived at the same conclusion that it was like worthless and this is terrible and it's never gonna because it wasn't typical it was it was outside their comfort zone of what they were doing and you know it's funny because uh, it, it He was right, you know, and it was it was outside of Glenn's comfort zone as well. But he knew that there was something there and they were willing to try something different, do something different. So I just love the fact like I always try to keep that in mind is is that just because you are doing something that people who are maybe doing something different that are having success don't understand. It doesn't mean it's not good. It's like even their opinion is still just an opinion based on what they think is relevant and what they are comfortable with. And so um, it's a great thing. I've like taken that little passage. I took a picture of it and I kind of remind myself of it every now and then it's like, you know, don't let the bastards get you down. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> keep fighting.
0: Was, you know, there was this great uh, infographic that I saw, like things that were destroying music throughout history. And I, I, I come back, to the, I talked about this a couple of times. That's really interesting because like 14 something, it was like the violin this evil <laughs> yeah. instrument that's all right invented it Corrupting. is destroying music it will be the death of music you know then after that it was the trumpet mm-hmm. this horrible sounding thing you know and then, and after that it became the piano every mm-hmm. all of these instruments that we now see as like absolute you know staples to the classical music you mm-hmm. know genre were at some point in time a new instrument and at some point in time there was a huge resistance to it you know, there was this pushback of, like, this is going to destroy our mm-hmm. our institutions. <laughs> can, I can just imagine some priest there, you know. Like, you well, know. yeah. It's like when
1: I was working with um, this this artist that I wasn't, like, 100% sure with his music. Um, his name's Tyler. He 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 kind of pushed me in, in different directions, which was great, because it was like we kind of ended up working together on this thing. And he had all these ideas of things that he was hearing in his head. And I was like, okay, well... Like, I don't don't know if I understand, like, what, what I don't understand. Like, is it this, is it this? And we were trying all experimenting with all these things. And, and it was great because at the, the, the final end result of the record, I was kind of like, when it was done, I was still kind of the same. I was like, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, maybe, but it was really well received. Like the people who listened to it, like loved it. And like, I had people come up to me later and they're like, man, that, Tobitsky record that you did was great like you know like Tyler's records awesome I really I really dug it like I loved all the, the things that you're doing on I was like great like wow that's <laughs> weird I'm not expected at all yeah well no excellent kind of like
0: it was really all
1: him like I'm just kind of like okay sure whatever you think but um it was kind of re- it, it was rewarding in that way but also it was like surprised you know I was really surprised yeah. I was of, of the things that I had done in that like block of time that was the one that was like being really well received which was completely counterintuitive to what i thought which then makes me go don't ever think you know because yeah, chances right. are you're going to be proven wrong so it was uh, kind of eye-opening for me and i was like okay cool awesome good to know
0: noted <laughs> <laughs> you can spend all this time trying to think about what people will like or you can create what you like Mm -hmm. and just kind of work from there. Because Mm -hmm. if you spend all your time trying to think about what's going to be the thing that hits, you might strike out because you're, you're you're spending so much time because like like you said, if maybe if you had played it safe with that other album, you know, it wouldn't have been the same. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have been a representation of him as an artist, which, which would have been like, it would have misfired. I think because of that, you know, I think it would have, it it's, if it's not a representation of what he does, then it's missing already. So yeah, it was a learning experience. It was definitely like, uh, there were times where I just would sit there and I would like listen to the tracks and I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) okay, cool. We got this thing and it's cool. They're all cool. They're all, they they sounded cool. I think we did a good job and and I'm, you know, I'm happy with the way I'm, I was skeptical of the way it turned out because it's different. But now looking back at it, sometimes it takes me a while. Like when I'm done with a project, it takes me like a good six months to really like stop. Don't listen to it. And then come back to it and be like, okay, that's better than I remember. (laughs) So, but yeah, I think it has to, I think it has to be honest. You know, it gets back to what we were talking about last time. Just the honesty of it. You know, like, Sometimes when you overthink it or overanalyze yes. it, it kills it. it, kills the the creativity and the the vibe on it for sure. Guilty, for sure. Of that.
0: Right. Well, and, and you, you pointed out a really good point right there that we all have this idea of how it's going to sound. You ever, remember the? Do you remember like the first time that you heard yourself recorded? Oh, like yeah. you hear playback and you're like, that awful. God, that's what i sound like yeah i still <laughs> it's say not that when it sounds yeah. like in here man mm-hmm. it sounds so different and and i think that that's that ian with my wife that she just finished this song and i think i, I honestly so we had major snafu right so i i had i had a nicer mic it wasn't a great mic, but I had the AKGP 820 as a $1,000 mic. You know, it was, it was a, not a bad mic. Mm-hmm. Not a, nothing fancy, nothing mm-hmm. vintage. Right. But we were getting ready to record. And like, it, those shops are all still really don't have stock here right now. Because in Vietnam, how you get a mic, how they bring in the, qu- the, the, the stuff from overseas was they flew it in. All the people would fly to the US, pick up the stuff, and they fly it back. So right now the supply of Newman's and of, you know, of all the higher end mics, it's low right now. Mm -hmm. You can get stuff secondhand, but I don't want to be buying a mic secondhand because I just don't know what happened, you know? And I had, I had a really cheap backup $150 mic. And that's all that we had. And so when our main mic went out, I was like, dude, in my home studio, I had nothing. And I was just like, I don't know about this, but I was like, we can try. And it turned out. Okay. My point being like, but when I was going to listen to it, I was terrified. My God, this, my wife was really, you know, had a lot writing on this and it was really an important song. And she released it. And already people are saying that it's her new, like, this might be the new thing that defines her music career. Like yeah. this is, this is her new piece. And I was just like, Oh my God. It's her, it's her <laughs> new they, vocal sound. <laughs> If they could have seen me just trying to capture
1: the uh, <laughs> You know I love me. that I love the idea of um, You know it kind of fits with getting outside your comfort zone In your box like I'm a huge fan Of blind taste tests And you know whether it be Whether it be actual tasting of things Or um, listening to things So uh, I did this This thing years ago It was like a blind t- taste test for, for Mike Preeze and um, Ooh, I was kind I like of, this. this was years ago, I was putting together my studio. And of course, like I'd been working in studios and, you know, I, I knew all the good ones, like, you know, the Neve 1073 and the 1081 yeah. and the API and this SSL, and blah, 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 right? So I was like, I'm going to do this blind taste test CD thing. So I bought this CD and it, it was great. And you were supposed to just listen to it and not know what you were listening to, but just comment on what you liked. And it was very consistent. I liked the um, the API 512 mic pre. Mm. I liked the Neve 1073 mic pre. Mm. And then there was this third mic pre that I kept going back to that I absolutely was like, this sounds really good. I really like the way this sounds. And so, uh, you know, of course, I didn't know that while I was doing it. And then when I went to unveil what I was listening to, I was listening to the API 512, the Neve. And of course, over here was the Mackie onyx Mike pre which is like mind-blowing to me because mackie is like you know eh. so it's like yeah. not something that you build your studio around right a mackie right so i was like well shit you know but i like sorry I was like, you know, I mean, no, I no, took no, that's this Okay,
0: I okay. I, I, took it, I took it way over the line. I was like, in the I was like
1: you know, I just took this blind taste test and I did it. I did it like they do it several times so that you can get a good test, you know, so a good like accurate. sample. Yeah, yeah. it's like a good sample. And I was like every time I came back to these three, you know, here's a here's a, you know, a $3,000 mic pre, so a, a vintage $10,000 mic pre and then I've I've got this $300 mic pre over here that I like. And I'm like, that's it. I mean, that's the, there is no truer test. Like yeah. if, if if somebody said to me, go buy the Mackie Onyx mic pre, you're going to love it. I'd be like, yeah, Mackie, I don't know. But yeah, when you don't know what it is and you still like it. So I went out and a- <laughs> I bought a Mackie, bought the <laughs> Mackie, eight Mike pre-thing. It was like, it's, you know, 800 bucks for four of these things. And I was like, this is cool. This works. I like the way they sound. I don't know why. I just do. you know, so it was interesting. Awesome. I love that. I talk about getting out of your comfort
0: zone, you know, right. Like getting away from what you know. That's the point. Like it's so based upon, certainly there's something to be said that there is quality you know, and, and you can see and hear quality. But sometimes you don't know. There was this great movie called Bottle Shock. I'm from the Napa Valley. I, I grew up in the Napa Valley. But Napa Valley now, you go there, it's money. It's, you mm-hmm. know, all of that Silicon Valley money has moved up into right, Napa. Yeah. And it's 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 money. You know, like, it's, it's you know, there's definitely like major classes in the mm-hmm. Napa Valley. You are up here or you are here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, you, you very much feel it. It's of all the places I've lived. It's the place that I, I felt the distinction between the class levels in the U S the most, like it's pretty dramatic. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be like this little countryside area, where whereas a bunch of Hicks, you know, a bunch of Northern farmers. California h- farmers yeah. that loved wine. And, they were they were doing it, and in the middle movie Bottle Shock, they look at some of the early wineries that were making good wine. And there was this thing where they there was this, this they challenged. They had this blind taste test where they in France where some of these American wines came over, and they just kicked the butts of the French wine. And consistently and like it it was done by French wine critics, you know, like they were doing the taste test and they were shocked that all these American wines were winning and they just were dramatically winning. It was, you know, the the one that's like that was just took home all the honors was the uh, Chateau Montalena Chardonnay and that's one of the most beautiful wineries in the valley, but it's a phenomenal tasting wine and, you know, in what happened. And it was like the, the people from Chateau Montelena were like, wait now back in their cowboy boots and like jeans and right. Yeah. You know, but the, it, it, it was about getting outside the comfort and and it really, it shook it up. It like, it shook up the world's wine scene for a long time. This fact that these, these country bumpkins in America could be like defeating the, the establishment mm-hmm. in France, you know, very dramatic yeah yeah i love it i
1: like the idea of taking the labels off things and just seeing what works you know i i'm i'm like in my in my world I'm, i'm constantly doing that and i guess that's kind of my way of getting out of my comfort zone is like you know yeah let's try it if it's great it's great i mean if i think it's great you might not think it's great or somebody else might think it's great. but if i think it's great then it's great you know so right Let's not. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, that was a really eye opening experience for me. I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. Like, you know, take the label off. It's still quality. There's still quality yeah. there. It's still really good. It's just got this, it's just being made by this company that would be considered like, you know, affordable and cheaper. And um, there's a new company that's the same way. And um, I try not to like um, judge the book by the cover, I guess, you know. Uh...